This is the Voice of the Land podcast with your hosts, Kevin Arnold and Nick Paulus. Welcome, everyone, to another episode of the Voice of the Land podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Kevin Arnold, and alongside me, as always, my brother, Nick Paulus. We are going to have a special guest joining us on this episode. We're going to get into that. We're going to get into the Cavs, the end of the season. The voice is gone, but will the voice of the land go away? You'll find that out in a little bit. And then we are going to have a nice, interesting conversation meshing entertainment with movies with the Cleveland Browns. We'll get into all that later. Now, all of you know that we usually start this podcast by naming it based on a famous Cleveland athlete, whether current, past, we may even have some future ones. We'll see. Hopefully. So yeah. this one is episode 17. The one we came up with, the name we came up with was Anderson Verizel. Yes, it's the Andy Verizel episode, but I'm going to amend that a little bit because I need to give a shout out to the man, Becky Lynch, who won both the Raw and SmackDown women's titles at WrestleMania this past weekend. A 17-year journey to the pinnacle, to the peak professional wrestling industry a woman is on top and she is the man now i know and this is hello everyone this is nick uh we're, <laughs> hey, uh, nick. we're hi uh no but we're coming in and i know you're a huge wwe oh, fan big dude time. i growing up i i was you know somewhat of a fan you know stone cold you know the typical yeah. you know stone cold rock triple h you know, all those guys i didn't really keep up with it though but you're super into this and what was it? Uh, it was WrestleMania, right? WrestleMania 35 in MetLife Stadium, the stadium that is no longer home to Odell Beckham Jr., which might be game one, though. Could be game one. Could be where the Browns are going. If you, We'll get into that in a little bit as well, but that could be where the Browns play. So, but we have to give a shout out to Becky Lynch, to the man. We'll probably even tag her in the, somehow do the hashtags, or whatever, to tag her in this because... We'll find a way. She is the man. In order to be the man, you have to beat the man. And that was the whole thing behind it. So it was great to see her win. And there was a couple of really good matches at WrestleMania. Kofi Kingston, of course, taking home the WWE Championship was probably match of the night. We won't get into too much of WrestleMania. That's not this podcast. But and anybody that didn't know as a wrestling fan... Now you know. Now you can come at me with your critiques or any of your comments about WrestleMania. Feel free to reach out. As I mentioned at the beginning, we have a special guest joining us here on the Becky Lynch slash Anderson Verzell episode. <laughs> Mac Robinson of the Hurry Up Podcast on Browns Wire, as well as one of our fellow members of All Sports, Cleveland.com and Ohio Media School. Mac, welcome. Thanks for joining us. How are you doing, man? Thanks for having me on. I'm glad you go. You, you went ahead. You gave this episode justice, naming it after Becky Lynch. I, I'm glad you went that far. Are you a Becky Lynch fan? Yes. Yeah, I will say this. So growing up, I, I wasn't necessarily... I, I kind of got into wrestling a little bit. I, I was around when it was the, the Kurt Angle, the Kane. Um, it was like John Cena when he dropped the rap album. Um, <laughs> hey, Dr. Thugonomics made an oh appearance. Oh my God, I was so happy. But then it, I kind of fell off a little bit. It was the Rey Mysterio days mm-hmm. too, back in the day, Triple H. 
and I kind of fell off after that. But Becky Lynch, all of a sudden, as she's kind of had her rise, I've kind of gotten back into it here. And so it, it all kind of culminated with actually going down not, like, and hang out with some friends and being able to understand what is going on. Because last year, I, I was working at a, at a different job, and, you know, I was running a little bit late. I got to see a couple matches, and that mm-hmm. was that. I had no idea who was doing it. Well, you what. had plenty of time to see something with WrestleMania this year. Yeah. Started at 5 and went till 12.30. Exactly. And, and that, that was the best that's part way too. It. That's way too long for me, guys. That's, yeah. I'm sorry. Well, I mean. Super Bowl look, can take care of my day. Five, I don't know about I, WrestleMania. I didn't get in my friend's place until 7.30. Now it's just fine. But, like. Yeah. Well, did you you miss Seth Rollins versus Brock? No, no, no. no. I did, I, that was the first match that I saw. Okay. I okay. was. That. That Which was the first match that I saw. If you have the network, you could always start it and then skip through things you don't want to see either. So I don't know if they if you were watching through the network or an actual pay-per-view type Through the thing. network. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I was watching it at well, a place. The, the WWE network is so clutch because if you are a professional, if you were a professional wrestling fan and you kind of fell off with it now, you can catch up with what's going on now, but you get so much content, so many documentaries, and you can watch all the previous Raws, SmackDowns, go through the Raws War era, the Attitude era. You get to see all those types of things. It's basically a Netflix of professional wrestling. They have WWE, ECW, WCW. Once McMahon took all that over, they have access to all those files. So it's... I can binge watch for a while on, yeah. on the network. The one thing that I will say that I did miss out on was the fact that I missed out on Rock. I missed out on Stone Cold. Like, I missed out on a lot of those, too. And I've been trying to see if I can jump back in. And, you know, I mean, I might have to get I might have to get the network a little bit. I might have to watch that in the downtime. Nine, for $9.99 a month, you can get the WWE Network. Disney Plus is yeah, already Disney Plus take my I might money. be waiting on, actually. Disney so. Plus is going to be taking my <laughs> oh, money Oh, don't worry. Soon. Di- Disney Plus will be added to my list of payments. <laughs> <laughs> That'll, see, I don't pay for Netflix, but I can still watch Netflix. Maybe I shouldn't be admitting that right now, but... No, you're, you're good. We're, you know, we're not going to report you. Everybody knows. Everybody has that type of thing. I, I pay for the WWE Network and Disney Plus will be added to something I'm going to pay for <laughs> because I'm going to need all those all those movies, all the shows, because I think it's what? Disney, Marvel, Fox, uh, Pixar. It's going to yeah. be everything. It, Literally it 90% of the things that come out, it's going to be on there. Yeah. Probably. Yeah. National Geographic, all of that stuff. They're already announcing shows, you know, Avengers shows yeah. are already announcing mm, such a dumb name and then <laughs> was it falcon and uh, falcon the, and the winter soldier why don't they just call that barnes and wilson or wilson and barnes because i because when you have that i i mainly thought of barnes and noble like uh, i'm oh, gonna touche maybe touche that's a good point yeah okay that's, maybe falcon yeah, and winter falcon soldier and winter is a bad name yeah it's like a, I, I barnes and noble like, i was like <laughs> Damn, that's a good one. <laughs> well like played, Mac. Be, I feel like that's going to be like, I mean, even like a, <laughs> one of those buddy cop shows where it's just going to be hysterical. And I just think of, can you move up your seat? Right. right. No. <laughs> to that. And you then couldn't have the, done that earlier? Yeah. I hate you. <laughs> like that? Yeah. It, it's going to be awesome. I that's for that. sure. But, Paul, how's your week, man? Uh, week's been going pretty well. Uh, you know, we're just trying to, you know, once again, survive in advance. Keep it going. Weekend's here. So, probably going to go see Shazam. Really looking forward to that. I heard really good things about it. So, yeah. We always call, we always used to call, we always used to say, <laughs> Max in his corner with all the breaking news. He's already <laughs> showing us some uh, some news out there on Twitter. We're going to get into a little bit of NBA here in a second. Um, but I don't know if you remember a few episodes ago, Paulus, 
based on my week, how we were talking about like our high school kind of athletic experiences. Yes. And we were yeah. talking about, I was mentioning track and running 400, four by four, like being one of my favorite races. Dude, I went out. I went out to support some of the soccer players I coach in Wycliffe at their at their track meet. Some of the other kids that I work with with the band and stuff. And it was one of the only track meets I'm going to get to. And I stayed all the way to the four by four. And I forgot how how energetic that was. What a what a great what a great event or a great basically meet put on. By yeah. Both schools that were going at it. Nice. Wycliffe and Wycliffe and Perry. But it was funny too. Like I'm almost thinking like I should coach track now because it was a dual meet and the coach from Wycliffe got to run as the anchor for oh. one of the are you serious one of the four because they had like Wycliffe had like so many they have so many kids yeah and I think you know there's like a big event tomorrow there's a big relay event tomorrow and I think they were saving saving some kids and stuff and trying to work through things get some uh, get some work and they Wycliffe had like four four by four teams and one kid I think dropped out or they just they needed one more person and the coach asked the official and next thing I know we see all the parents and I we see the coach running and we're like what is going on can I do this right now please can I go can I relive some glory days right now that's what I was uh, but it was it's been a it's been a good week long week of work it's good to be back talking sports again. As we know, Cavs transitioning into basketball from track, guys that run up and down the court, not on a track. Cavs just finished their season. Cavs and voice, head voice, Larry Drew. Said voice. Where Former we get our, voice. Where our name comes from. And don't worry, we will remain the voice, <laughs> the voice that this city needs. Although Larry Drew and the Cavs have mutually agreed to part ways. We that's been running a lot lately. Yes, so. we will maintain being the voice that this city needs. So you don't have to worry. Names not changing. We're not going away as a podcast. We have mutually agreed to stay together <laughs> and keep there the podcast go. going. It's um, a mutual agreement. Yeah. So um, just kind of quick thoughts because we know where the Cavs, what direction they're really going, and just some quick thoughts on their season and, and Larry Drew and where this coaching search could go. They finished up, you know, they finished up the year at 19 and 63, mm-hmm. and they had they showed a lot of heart out there for being in. I know I heard I don't know if you guys heard it or not, but uh, Kobe Altman's uh, presser today, uh, basically just going over. Yeah, they parted it was ways. In a stock room, so no, I didn't get to hear fair it. enough. But they basically you didn't miss too much. They basically went over the the parting ways of uh, of uh, Larry Drew, and basically a lot of people were more concerned about. About the progress that we saw with Colin Sexton, not so much about who else you know could we bring along, other than you know some of the players out there you know that are that are going to be drafted. A lot of people were worried, you know, asking about so who are you planning on taking, you know, with the number one pick or anything like that. Kobe couldn't really go into you know all of that jazz, but they really uh, a lot of the things were based around Colin Sexton and how his improvement was mm-hmm. over the last half of the year, which was you know crazy actually because he started 72 games he played all 82 which is pretty solid you know 
know, he averaged 32 minutes a game, and he was uh, right around 16.7. He's actually one of three people in NBA history, him, Larry Bird, and Steph Curry, that have averaged 16 points mm-hmm. or more, 40% yep. from three points. It's been a fantastic, you know, year, rookie year for Colin Sexton. We'll see where he goes year two. Hopefully we can get someone like Zion or uh, John Morant in here. You know, even R.J. Barrett would be, you know, a step up for this Cavs team as well. Yeah, R.J. Barrett in a different situation. I think he's getting a lot of criticism right now for being a guy that could just be all about him. Yeah. But I feel like he, I feel like being with Zion though, like he did have to take a back seat to that and he performed pretty when, well. When you see, and I'm sorry to step in on you, but when you see R.J. Barrett, who does it remind you of? Because I got an idea of like a volume shooter sort of person. Like I see him as a not as athletic like T-Mac. Yeah. Like, do, do you see that? Yeah. yeah I mean, he's going to shoot. 30 times a game. Right. And this team kind of needs He's going to be 30, but yeah. which Colin could develop into, but we know that his assist numbers were not right. We're not up there. They got a little bit better once Kevin Love got back, but not yeah. the kind of improvement that we saw. He got 10 the other night, you know, final game yeah. of the year. Not a bad time to get 10. Not, not a bad time. That builds momentum going the offseason, but his development, people rush to the rush to conclusion on that pick a little bit too early on him. We forget that yeah, we had LeBron and LeBron was 18. But LeBron's a different animal. Guys, those once-in-a-generation players are a different animal. Colin Sexton was 19, and he played like a 19-year-old in over his head a little bit, jumping from basically barely a year in college to the highest professional rank you can play in all of basketball. Yeah, and, and the one thing that I would say about the Cavs so far this year has been you saw the development, and, and I liked what I saw near the end of the year when you finally got those vets uh, all together and everything. Um, but my biggest thing when it comes to Larry Drew is that when it comes to him, it's all about the fact that with Larry Drew, you're, you're looking at this as this is your chance to take a step forward. This is your chance that this is your first mark post-LeBron. Everything else, kind of the additions that you had last year, it was all kind of thrown together. You, you weren't sure if he was coming back or not. Obviously, he went on to L.A., but when you take a look at the way that this ended up working out, this is that chance to go ahead and say, okay, who is this coach going to be? And truth be told, I mean, because Dan Gilbert hasn't had that kind of sustained success, you need to have that kind of force to kind of drive this going forward. And, I mean, you look at some of the candidates that might be out there. The one that I've been saying to add for for this coaching staff has been Becky Hammond. I would love to have Becky Hammond coach this team and take that next step. And it seems like she's one of those developmental coaches where she was uh, that she was that summer league coach uh, for the Spurs a few times. Yeah. And she's been able to kind of build her way up. I would love to see her be the head coach of this team. That's that's a very interesting co- point. I, mean, I didn't even think about Becky, you know, doing that. But from all of the things that we've heard from her, Greg Popovich loves her mm-hmm. and truly thinks that she could be the next in line to take Pop's job. That's what a lot of people were thinking for that. I didn't think of that. But the guy that just got released from uh, Sacramento, uh, actually, Dave Yeager. Dave, Ye- thank you. I couldn't remember his name. Uh, uh, but he is the person that I'm kind of looking at that that could take over 
because whenever he took over for a very young Sacramento team, he nearly got them to the playoffs this past year. A lot of developmental things that were going on with them. I would really like to see someone like that come in that could kind of form up uh, Colin Sexton, whoever else we get. Now, Jaeger could have eyes on Minnesota because he's from there. And someone dropped a quote on Twitter from him earlier in the season when they asked him about the Minnesota job and stuff. And he's like, well, my focus right now is on Sacramento. But, of course, I keep an eye on my hometown and and what's going on in Minnesota. Now that he's free, there might be some, you know, reaching out going. Well, the other thing that came out, too, is that Ryan Saunders, the son of Flip, he ended up, they, they're keeping him in place in Minnesota. And from all accounts, uh, talking with Danny Cunningham and everything like that, he's mentioned the fact that the team has really gravitated towards him. And he's been one of those guys who's been a good culture builder. And I know that we talk about it a lot here in Cleveland, but the fact that they're building a culture with a young talent and everything like that, uh, and been able to kind of go along that. But he's somebody who's interesting, especially coming out of Sacramento, where, I mean, he... he, he Aaron Fox's improvement. Yeah, that's true. That's true. But he, he has a, a little bit of a personality to him, clearly as... Uh, Dan Gilbert well, likes personality. Yeah. Mostly for his players, but... Yeah, yeah, yeah that's, that's also true, too. But he's somebody who's interesting. I also wondered, too, about Luke Walton. I mean, he played here. He's only played in two places. Make it coaching in two places. Just got released, by the way. There are conflicting reports because of the fact that the Lakers are painting it as we mutually agreed to part ways. But as always in any breakup, there's always one side that wants it a little bit more. And uh, yeah. apparently, according to Sam Amico at Amico Hoops on Twitter, uh, he was saying that it's a little bit more on the Lakers side because Walton wanted to keep coaching. Of course, they, I'd want they, to keep a said, job, too. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, But they mutually agreed to part ways, in air quotes. Well, he's somebody who's interesting. Walton was also expecting kind of a Golden State-esque development as a team. Yes, it's the Lakers, so he knew that Magic and whoever was in charge was going to try and bring in bigger names a lot sooner than what Golden State did by drafting their three guys. And then later on, once they established their dominance, adding in KD, because one guy was beating them up, I think Walton still thought that the Lakers' job, he was going to have an opportunity to really develop young players. And again, it's not necessarily on LeBron, but in a way it is the circus that comes with that. And in a market, in a bigger media market like L.A., these things get more compounded. The Lakers' biggest problem this year, though, honestly, was when LeBron went down. They were in the playoff line. That completely derailed their development. Their, you know, building that chemistry. They were the number. Four, they were fourth in the West. Yeah. Yep. They were um, fourth in the West. He goes down, and yeah. there goes the season. And they probably were still going to be end up in a, like a seven or an eight seed. But if he stays healthy, like he's shown to be his whole career, like that was the first time he's been out for an extended period of time where he was forced to be on an extended period of time. Remember the two weeks he was gone. The first year he came back here in Cleveland. That was more, he probably could have been out a week, but they gave him an extra week to let that back heal, and they knew that there was a bigger path ahead. He was out at least six weeks in L.A., and that completely derailed what was going on because when he came back, they had developed a different chemistry, and these young guys started hearing about all these reports about trades, and they were trying to get back on the court. Injuries just had guys in and out of that lineup. There's no excuse. You, when you think when you have LeBron, you expect to make the playoffs. But a lot of stuff went wrong in LA that 
it just it's what comes with it and this is the the consequences of that the unintended consequences of it with the coach being gone now just quickly just kind of go around the room I just want to get you guys' take because we didn't get a chance to say this. Quick answer, do you guys think it was the right move, right or wrong move, to part ways with Larry Drew, part ways with the voice? I think that they did the right move by sort of cleaning house. Now, it doesn't look good for Dan Gilbert having five coaches in the last six years. I know that doesn't look good on the bigger, grander scheme of things, but Larry Drew's not taking you to the playoffs. And if he does take you to the playoffs, it's as an eighth seed. I don't see them going much farther than that with, you know, his sort of coaching philosophy. He doesn't – I've been in that media room with him. I've seen him after wins. I've seen him after losses. And he doesn't have that, you know, that fiery power that I think that a young group sort of needs. That's why, uh, you know, Flip's son, you know, you saw after that first win, they were going crazy in Minnesota. You know, popping, you know, bottles just going crazy on him. It was great to see that. You don't see that with Larry Drew. You see the, oh, shucks, okay, well, you know, Colin Sexton's going to have a good game. And, you know, it, it just doesn't give him that boost of confidence that I think a young group needs. If you had an older group, maybe uh, you maybe that might work out. You know, as the easy, level-headed guy. But I think you need someone younger, fiery, with some passion to get this group, you know, to where they need to go. And reality check for fans listening to this: Who's running this coaching search in your eyes, Dan Gilbert or Kobe Altman? Who is it? Dan Gilbert. Dan Gilbert runs everything. Yeah, Kobe Altman's a puppet. Don't get me wrong; I like Kobe. You know, from what I've heard. But after hearing his press conference today, he was saying stuff like, "Hey, that's a really good question." I um I'm gonna have to look into it. It was the whole Hugh Jackson sort of mindset, and I didn't really feel too confident in Kobe doing it. So I really have a gut feeling it's gonna be Dan. You're making me not want to listen back to this press conference. Right I know it, it's a rough. Same here. It, it's rough. It's about 25 <laughs> minutes long. Of okay. good question. Yeah, oh, that's uh okay. okay. All right. Well, <laughs> I may just look for quotes on Twitter. Good call. Mac, good call. Mac, uh, do you do you think it was a good move to move on from Larry Drew and and who's really running this coaching search? I, I think it was. I think it was. Like I said, I mean, this is the first step for the franchise post LeBron. Where it's we gotta take this step forward. We gotta have, like you guys have said, the voice of this team. And and not only that, we are the voice. Hear <laughs> <laughs> the voice sound sounder from the TV show. Uh, but but my whole thing is that I look at it and really. In the same way, I'll give Larry Drew credit in the same way that I gave Greg Williams credit. They accomplished their job in in different aspects. When it came to the Browns, they had more talent ready to go, and so they were able to get those wins. But when it came to the Cavs, it was all about that youth development. And it was about seeing the development of a Chuddy Osmond, of Larry Nance as the season went Mm -hmm. on, as Colin Sexton. So they accomplished their job as a whole, but at the same time, you've got to have that person you have full confidence in to somebody who was just promoted mid-season. So kind of got to have that expanded uh, coaching search and leading that coaching search. I mean, I, I think that it's going to be it's gonna be Dan with, with some input from others. I think that ultimately it's going to be who does Dan want. And mm-hmm. when it comes down to it, like, I, I think that you, you see Dan kind of flip back and forth between emotion. Because you look at the previous two, so... Prior to Ty Lue getting hired, the two previous head coaches that he hired were David Blatt and Mike Brown. Yep. And they were completely different coaching searches. Mike Brown was hired a week after the season ended, and David Blatt was hired a week before the draft. So 
for him, it's a lot of emotion where I was too quick on the trigger. I got to take more time. Okay, I spent too much time on this. I got to hire this guy. And then so you end up losing out on different mm -hmm. candidates. So for him, it's about just hire your guy. Like, it's not about when you hire them. It's about do you have the right person? So that that's the one thing that I'm looking at. All I'll say is... It was good to move on. We thank Larry Drew for the inspiration for this podcast, for our name, for Very much. Kind of the, approach, the approach we take to this podcast, and for what he did this season in terms of development for the Cavs. It was the right move to kind of move on, find that young up-and-coming coach to mold and gel with a team that is trying to get back on the rise. And I think Dan Gilbert's in charge of this coaching search with Kobe as the face out front. So my, my quick hypothetical for you guys too. Um, so let's just go ahead and say, so Woj put out that uh, one of the leading candidates is uh, Tyron Lue. For the Lakers? For the Lakers. Okay. Uh, so how bittersweet would it be if you see Kyrie Irving, LeBron James, and Ty Lue all in L.A.? And David Griffin. And David Griffin. And David Griffin. Yeah. I think that's a very good possibility that it's going to be happening. More so that David's going to be going there as the GM because this is actually going to be the first time that the Lakers have had – to you know, go out and actually get the guy that they want. They normally promote from the inside, you know, from. But is Rob Blake is still there? Yes, as they, of right now. They're saying as of right now he is, but I think Jeannie's going to look at this as Magic leaves. She's going to want to you know relinquish some of the of his power onto someone that's dedicated and knows what they're doing. Mm -hmm. Because from all the reports that we've heard, Magic was not really there. Magic was along the lines of more of a figurehead instead of actually doing the job. Mike so Exactly. Mike Holmgren, did, you know, just stole money, essentially. So I think that's kind of what we're seeing uh, for that. I think David definitely could go there. I don't know about Ty. Maybe Ty. You know, LeBron likes Ty, so you never know. But if, if, I, if I was the Lakers and this is a bigger splash move, I'd go and get two people. I'd go and get either Mark Jackson, because I really liked him, Whenever he was Golden State, you're giving me a look that you don't like him. I liked Mark Jackson, but I liked uh, David Fitzdale. Now he is, you know, the New York Knicks, and they're probably going to get top three pick, you know, so he might want to stay there. But I would do whatever I could to get him out of that contract to come to the Lakers because LeBron loves him. Mm -hmm. So that that would be me though. Yeah, it's gonna be. You're gonna see a lot of stuff, and especially as LeBron. Gets, he's kind of more on that down track of his career at this point. You can start to see that molding out there. We just saw Dwayne Wade retire, Dirk Nowitzki, and Channing Fry. Shout out C. Fry. Uh, always going to be a Cleveland legend. He always loves it. He's always going to love being here. But, you know, they're going to probably try to cater, even though they may say LeBron's not doing it. They're going to try to cater to whatever is best for LeBron and the other guys that they're going to try and bring into the Lakers. Now, kind of switching gears to the other and the biggest sports in all of Cleveland. I'm kind of having an interesting conversation This here. is my favorite topic. We, yes. We've been holding on to this one for a minute. So, for those that don't know, Paulus, myself, and Mac, we are all huge Marvel fans. And there have been some memes, some pictures out there comparing the, the Browns to the Avengers. And we're getting really excited. We're two weeks away from the debut of Avengers Endgame. You're seeing all these vignettes, these little trailers that they're putting out there. I'm kind of done with those. I don't want to know much more. I want to be surprised as much as possible through those three hours, and I probably will sit through all three. 
quickly though before we kind of give our possible comparisons between Browns players and Avengers. Did you ju- did you see the report just before we started recording? I got it through Bleacher Report that OBJ commented on Von Miller's Instagram post because it, Von Miller posted a picture of him sacking Baker Mayfield last year. And basically the caption, I don't have it in front of me right now, but just be careful where you go. And, you know, we're still... Really? Yeah. Ooh. So Odell Beckham said, basically said, don't come at my quarterback like that. Nice. Capital letter. So Max got the exact... So what's the caption of the picture? I'm pulling it up right now. Earned, okay. never given, pterodactyl in his natural habitat. With him stepping over top of Baker Mayfield. Was that on Instagram? That's on his Instagram. Okay, I was gonna say I'm, I'm not full, I'm not finding it on Twitter, but. Whoa. What did? I love it. What did? Uh, what was the exact quote from? Oh, I got it. It's still up here. So yeah, so Von Miller said, "Earn never given." Pterodactyl's natural habitat. OBJ comments, "Don't you ever disrespect my QB." In all capital letters. Now he's got the smiley emoji. He's got the laughing emoji because they are friends and stuff. Of course, yeah, I mean, but you can play with your friends whenever it comes, you know, comes down to like that. But that competition heating up. I'm loving it though. Like that's what you want to see from your team. Come on, yo, come over here, rub my belly. I don't want to <laughs> see that for my team. <laughs> that's what we used to do though. That was the old Browns, you know, yeah. like oh, you know, like Johnny days and going back, you know, Joe Hayden, Joe. Joe Hayden. Oh my God! Let's yes. be honest. Like yeah. that, that crap annoyed the hell out of me. Yeah. It did. Like, and that was the whole thing, and that's the whole reason why too. I, I especially love the Joe Hayden putting out there. Like, I can't wait to cover Odell. I'm like, yeah, I can't wait to see you get burned by Odell every single week. But like that, that was a big thing for me is seeing that. I love having those types of guys where it's like, I want to see this. I wanted this. You see the bulletin board material every single week. I grew up listening to bulletin board material where you would get crap between the Ravens and the Steelers, or the Ravens and the Bengals, and Steelers and Bengals, and all that stuff going back and forth, back and forth. And you never got it out of the Browns. You never had that emotion behind you. You never had those guys who were that that vocal leader, that, mm-hmm. that guy who will go ahead and just say out in the media, you do not want to go ahead and mess with me. Want to do a quick update, breaking news right now. Uh, David Griffin is going to be the basketball president of basketball operations with the Pelicans. Oh, I like it. I like it. It's a little different. Yeah. Okay, we got some breaking news. There we go. That surprised me a little bit. I love it. I love it. So David Griffin is now in charge of the Anthony Davis saga that's been going on. How are you going to approach the fact that Anthony Davis basically wants out, and how are you going to... David Griffin was really good. Oh, he making those trades and, and making the, those moves. The master of the trade. Oh my God, he is gonna have a field day. But we also know that that move helps the Pelicans, but also hurts any possible chance right now. Oh yeah, for the Lakers because everybody we we just mentioned it like ten minutes ago. David Griffin could have been that guy to go there. Well. Sorry, he's going to New Orleans, so yeah. Lakers, next person up. I'll, I'll give him credit for this, too, just because of the fact that the the ways that he's able to add talent, mm-hmm. the way that he's able to distribute assets, I said this before, and I, I'll say it again. There are certain GMs that are good when it comes to building up assets. You're always going to have your Chris Grant, you're always going to have your Sashi Browns. That's what their job is to do, to build the asset base. 
Then you have those guys who are good at spending those assets, utilizing what they have. You have a David Griffin. You have a John Dorsey. I was just about to say, David Griffin was our John Dorsey and an underappreciated version of John Dorsey in our basketball front yeah. office before John Dorsey came and it's, changed all the football culture in Cleveland. Exactly. And it's a small move that I'll even say, too, that, that he doesn't just make just for the overall scope mm-hmm. of things, but even, like, you look to uh, before LeBron came back, too, I'll never forget – there was an underrated move that he made that I actually really liked with the way that the team was built at the time when they were trying to make a push for their playoffs, and that was adding Spencer Hawes at the trade deadline. You see him the ability to evaluate proper NBA talent and add them in. He was the guy who brought in Chetty. He was that guy who was able to bring in some of these young, talented players, and not only that, also get those veterans that you can get the last bit out of them getting a Channing Fry, trading for a Channing Fry, uh, signing a Richard Jefferson and bringing those guys in. That's the kind of guy that you need, especially for a New Orleans, because you've seen they have the talent there for the most part. Obviously, Anthony Davis is a big part of that. But, I mean, hey, they they have a chance to get that number one pick this year. So, I mean, from the NBA, you can almost get that consolidation, uh, that consolation prize. That's what I'm going for. Uh, For for losing out on AD, get him a little Zion or get him RJ or one of those players. Mac, as we've always said, words are hard. Yes, they are. Yes, they are. So fun. And what is also fun right now is everything going on with the Browns. Now, as like Colin Cowherd may say, oh, well, Odell Beckham doesn't, he still doesn't want to be there because he's using the laughing emoji instead of some sort of angry face. He'll break it down that way. Message to all Browns fans before we compare Browns and Avengers. Message to all Browns fans. Don't let the troll troll you. I'm done with, we had our rants about Colin before on this podcast. We've talked about it. He is just getting more viewership and more clicks on Twitter, more clicks on the internet because he's saying these things and he knows it's going to drum up that sort of anger, that angst amongst Browns fans. Let him talk his talk, ignore him, ignore the dude, and maybe he'll go away. I'm done mentioning his name. He's never going away. He's, yeah. Not until we win a Super Bowl and Baker... Like brings the ring to him, but I'm I'm just saying, let him do his thing and don't overreact to things a guy like that says. It it just it serves no purpose because that just makes it worse the next time he says something. Look, I'm gonna enact this on my own podcast, but he's gonna be full Voldemort on my podcast. I'm never giving him the time of day, never naming his name. I'm not putting it out there. I'm sick and tired of having people push his stuff out, and he's getting clicks for it. I'm not gonna do it. So that that's the whole thing is that we just have to let him go because look, he's not gonna change his way, and so I'm full Voldemorting. Look at this guy. Rants of the week right there. There we go. I like it. Full, full Voldemorting from Harry Potter. I was actually going to say, I'm not even going to give him the Voldemort treatment because, number one, I can say Voldemort's name with no fear. And I'm not <laughs> even going to say he who not who must not be named. I'm just, we're not even going to, any story that comes up with that, unless it's act, absolutely dire that we need to talk about it. Paulus, I'm making this. We're going to mutually agree right now, I think. Yep. We're not talking. <laughs> we're done. We're, we're doing done a lot. With we're doing a lot of mutually agreeing. Uh, we're using the Larry Drew inspiration. That's and, very true. Man, he just the keeps voices inspiring have this, agreed. He keeps inspiring this podcast, man. We, we can't thank Larry Drew enough for, for all he does for our, <laughs> for our podcast. Uh, 
But Paulus, this was kind of your idea, so I'll let you kick this off, man. Browns and Avengers, they've Browns and Avengers. Everyone's been talking about it as of lately. Um, you know, especially after that press conference, seeing the four studs up there. Uh, that's we're something. In the end game now. <laughs> we are in the end game now. I am so excited about this uh, little segment that we're going to be doing. Uh, it actually started a couple weekends back. Uh, you know, you and I were talking about it. Dan Orlovsky, uh, mm-hmm. you know, was tweeting out about how of all of the Avengers who would Baker Mayfield be he's Tony Stark and I commented on it and was like you're absolutely right he retweeted it it was was awesome and that got us to thinking well what about the other Browns players we have great players on this team you know near superheroes on this team so I started coming up with a couple of different you know people as to who I thought it was and I want to hear what you guys think as well I think we're all pretty much in agreement with Iron Man is Baker Mayfield. Yeah. Can we all agree on that? Yeah, yeah. it's the lead, like the ability to lead, yep. but also having that moxie behind. I am feeling dangerous. He is. He is dangerous, and you know he's uh he's I, not quite a billionaire, but he's a philanthropist. Words are hard, but also words are hard, and a playboy. So you know we, yeah. we can kind yeah. of throw that out there. Yeah, he has his pepper pots. We're all good. We're we're all good there. He does. He does have his he pepper does. pots. <laughs> he does. This is why we do this. Uh, the Hulk. Can I go first? No, Matt, I'll let you go. Okay. Uh, You're our guest, man. A little bit of an underrated choice, I think. I'm going to go with David Njoku. Because I've been at training camp his first two years. And I can tell you, you know exactly where he is because the dude is absolutely shredded on the field at all times. And he goes full-blown Zeke every single time that he's at practice because he always has either the shirts off or the jerseys in half. Sure, okay. So I I would go with David Njoku for mine. I'm going Miles Garrett because if you think about the Hulk, that is also Bruce Banner. So, and Miles mm. Garrett is really into the the scientific realm. He really gets. He's, I like he's it. Really smart. So when he's kind of off the field, he's into that kind of stuff. When he's in battle mode, when he's in fight mode, uh, I guess war mode. Okay. He is. He is the Hulk. He's going to come off the edge and he is going to destroy your quarterback, just like the Hulk destroys Hulk Smash. This is. Garrett Smash. That's exactly who I have. You know what? We're going to play a game. This is how we're going to do this. All right. (laughs) I'm going to give out the names of the people, and you guys can guess as to who I think it is. We all agreed. uh, It was, you know, Iron Man is Baker Mayfield, and I'm agreeing with you, Kevin. Hulk is Miles Garrett. Okay. So that's what we're going with. How about Ant-Man? Who do you think that I have for Ant-Man? Oh, we're, oh, okay, so we're okay. guessing. That's, right, that's okay. how we're going to do it. Right, so how about we do this? How about you fill in, give us a little bit of a description of the player, okay. and then we'll kind of we'll yeah. go from there. Good call. I like this. Um, Ant-Man, smaller, but can play at a bigger level in the biggest of moments. Jarvis. Nick Chubb. I have Antonio Callaway. Okay. Uh, okay. All right, I like that. Smaller, but you know when you need him, he plays big. Okay, I like that. I like, I like that. that. I like that. Now, I'm going straight off of looks for this one. <laughs> so, yeah, okay. well, I'm talking about a big new addition that we got, M'Baku. <laughs> okay, all right. Uh, new addition. Sheldon Richardson. Ding, ding, ding. There we go. There we okay. go. All right, I like it. I right. like it. Have you seen him? Yes. Dude's massive. Yes. M'Baku, massive. Yeah. That's the only reason why I'm going with that. Right, got you. Now, Captain America... I'm going because he's a 
culture, setting, player, the mindset that has the heart of a lion and just wants to be a team player. Bless him. You Jones know it. Henry, let's you go. Know it. Juice. Okay. Juice, baby. I'll go a different direction. Okay, who would you have gone with? For for Cap, and this is because of his leadership role and his intelligence that he brings to the field, I go Joe Schobert. Ooh. I, I like Joe that. Sober. Joe, yeah. Joe's a good one. I was trying to find where I could throw Joe in. I don't have Joe on the list, so I'm okay. just telling you right All now. Right. That's fine. But Joe Schobert's a good one. Yeah. I, I do like Joe. Yeah. Thor. I have a massive freak of nature, cut up, just he could play to the greatest of abilities when called upon. The guy you said earlier, it's David Njoku. It is. Yeah, okay. He's a Greek figure. He's mythological portions. The man is cut from a different cloth. (laughs) Like, that's exactly who I thought of whenever I saw Thor. You see Thor and you're like, man, that dude's ripped. Yeah. And then he just plays at another level when called upon. See, and you know what? Now you have me reconsidering my pick for Hulk because now I'm... I was gonna say Miles, okay. But now that now that I think about it too, especially with what you said, Kevin, about the way that he's smart off the field, he's, he's I would say with Najoku, so smart. Najoku, he's Bruce Banner, and yeah. But not only that, Najoku, he's all about the flair. He like is. he's yeah. all about the every yeah. time, like every time, like you see him walking in just to OTAs, he's completely flashed out. I mean, let's be honest. With the way that he spikes it, it's the same way that he spikes Stormbreaker into Thanos. That's so right. I, I love it. I like that. I was gonna say when the spike, you know, I've seen edits of that. And there's like light, like people have done like lightning with that and stuff. So perfect. It's it is it's perfect. Now I'm gonna throw a couple of wrenches out here. Okay, these ones are a little. I was kind of reaching on a couple of these, although I think my last one is going to impress. I have War Machine. Now War Machine is that tough, gritty guy that just. You need him to fight through, and he's had you know some dysfunctions, maybe with his legs in the past, and he just keeps rambling on, and he just goes for it every time he's out there. He's just a ram. Nick Chubb. Ding ding ding. I was gonna say that. Yeah. Okay. I can see that. that he's had some issues with the legs. You know. Yeah. That makes a lot of sense. I really like that. Uh, that was I was trying to find out what I could do with Nick Chubb or Hunt, and like I didn't really want to throw Hunt out there yet because I don't know. Like I mean, we'll we'll see what happens with Hunt, but Nick Chubb I thought was pretty spot on. Black Panther. Black Panther is a once again just kind of like how Captain America was a culture setter. Someone that really brought a flair and a passion to his side of the ball and can make some outstanding moves on and off the field. Demarius. Demarius is the man. Demarius Demarius handed the ball to Hugh Jackson was the (laughs) single greatest thing that I have ever seen off the field because technically it was on the sidelines. So I'm going to watch that gift over and over again. Every day. I could watch it every day. I would go a different direction with Randall. I would go with Falcon. I thought about Falcon. Because I, I thought about Falcon, but I didn't want to leave Black Panther out of it. Yeah. I wasn't 100% sure. Falcon's probably a better suit mm. for him. See, and because I went with Cap as as uh, uh, Joe Schobert, I probably would put Jarvis as Black Panther. Okay. I probably would go with That's that. fair. Yeah. Absolutely. So both, of them are, both of them are those intelligent type guys. And plus, too, I mean... Cap obviously got the language aspect of it too, but when it comes to when it comes to Jarvis, he's that dude where 
game time, he shows up and he will rip your head off. That's right. That's, That's right. right. All right, now I have two more. Okay. Okay. I have... I'm going to go with uh, this one. Star-Lord. Cocky. Brash. But whenever it all comes down to it, is willing to sacrifice everything he has out on the field. Have we said Odell yet? Is it Odell? Okay. That's right. <laughs> okay. Cocky. Brash. A lot of people think it's all about him. In actuality, sometimes it is, but a lot of the times he goes out of his way to make sure that he does the right thing. Okay, I like that. I like that. It's not a bad one. Yeah. I really like that one. My last one. He dances a lot, too. He does dance like, a lot. Like, like, Tell him about the dance to save yeah. the universe. No, 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 no. The opening scene to Guardians of the Galaxy 1 yes. is, oh, I love that bon, so much. Bon, I would bon, say this, bon, though, too. With the way that they've taken his character, another one that I would say mm-hmm. is Rocket. Where okay. they, where it seems like at first it's just like the I'm all about me. I'm yeah. gonna get what's mine. I'm gonna go ahead and get my bounty. Everything I like, like that. that. And what everything he does ends up being about it, the, the team. Yeah. yeah, I like it. Uh, last one that I have, Spider Man. Now, just going right off it, we're just gonna throw it out there. I have an A idea. Young kid that is willing to learn and just graceful at what he does. Denzel. Right. Yes, we're thinking same wavelength on that Denzel. one. Denzel. I just see him being the crazy acrobatic. I mean, he can do anything out there. I mean, he could jump from, you know, five yards out and intercept a ball from Antonio Brown, you know, cutting straight across. He can do whatever he wants out there just as long as he doesn't get his head clipped. So we're, we're all good right there. But that's, wow. that's it right there. Dude. We got all ten right there. Oh, okay. I have goosebumps right now because thinking not just with Browns and Avengers, but knowing that we're two weeks away from this movie. I've been looking forward to this so much and having these conversations. Dude, I cannot wait. Got my tickets for opening night, 10 p.m. on Thursday. I'm going, man. You guys, you guys got your tickets yet? Absolutely. Yeah, yeah I got. I got mine. I got mine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Mac has the craziest tickets I've ever heard. Uh, I got my tickets. I got mine for Friday night, and it is uh, what is it? A uh, eight o'clock show, I think. Mm-hmm. Eight thirty show. So yeah, that's wait, the, well, wait till you hear what time Mac has. Uh, hey, Mac, got, what time's your show? Uh, my showing is at three twenty. Uh, we have we. I, I already have the the a.m. The p.m. Right? Oh, a.m. A.m. Oh. Yeah. No, we already have plans to where uh, the showing starts at 3.20. We're assuming that with the previews, that's about 15 minutes or so. So the yep. movie goes three hours and two minutes. So we're looking to get out a little bit past 6.30. So we're looking at it. At, I'm like, you know what? We're right by a Denny's. I'm just going to go get breakfast after that. And call. after I get Denny's, I'm just going to head home, take a nap, and come back up because uh, we're doing draft coverage for All Sports Cleveland um, down at Quaker City and Lubin Valley View. And then we're going to be doing draft night too. Now, is Quaker Steak and Lube, is that going to be a remote for both nights or just one? Um, it's going to be for the first night. First night. Uh, first okay. night, we'll be doing it for through North Coast Underground because we're covering uh, the captains, obviously. We're the radio home for them as well. So we have a game that night and then the next night as well. But everybody's going to have our, our draft coverage uh, going. We can't stop. We won't stop. So uh, <laughs> we're ready to go, man. You realize on night two of the draft, you and I are going to be having in a in a studio at the school, we're going to be having a Avengers Endgame conversation, right? Yes, we will. Okay. Yes, we will. Because we we do not give spoilers. That's right. But it's always good when people see it around the same time you do, and you can have these conversations and bounce ideas and what's going on. 
Because I'll be seeing it more than just once. Oh, absolutely. Within yeah. a five-day span, I will be seeing it a few times because in, there's so many things going on. In the same way that you said some people will be sitting through that three-hour movie, I, I'm at least going to be spending at least 12 hours of my life That's right. in the theater watching that movie. That's right. Four times. At least. <laughs> absolutely. So remember, you guys can check out Mac on allsportscleveland.com as well as um, go search for the Hurry Up podcast. does a great job there covering the Browns for the Browns Wire. Mac, we appreciate you coming on the podcast today. Thanks for having me on, guys. I really do appreciate it. It's always a good time. Of course. That's going to wrap it up for Episode 17, the Andy Vergeau and the man, Becky Lynch, episode of the Voice of Land podcast. For Nick Paulus, I'm Kevin Arnold, reminding all you sports fans out there, don't let anyone ever tell you it's just a game. We'll see you next week.